For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hi, this is Krillin, and this is Usopp, and you're listening to The Geek Show! (laughs) Hi everyone, and welcome to The Geek Show, your fortnightly now dose of stranger tidings from the worlds of science and technology and various other places on the internet. And in the real world, we are in the real world as well. My name's Rob, and joining me today is the amazing, the wonderful, and the very much missed Andy. Yay! Yes. <laughs> and we use stranger very loosely on this show. Yeah. Because stranger, uh, how can we describe that? I don't know. Uh, We've done some strange stuff on this show. Stranger is someone you don't know. Also, when I said very much missed, it wasn't like I was aiming for you at all. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're going to just dive straight in with some serious news. Yeah, it's serious. Pollution, it's serious business, you know. Pollution is very, very serious. It's an issue that everyone needs to take responsibility for, especially pollution on the moon. Um, Isn't the moon very dry? Yes, the moon is also very, very, a very long way away. (laughs) But here's the thing, right? Pollution on the moon, it doesn't seem like it should be in the news at all, but it is something that, we should be thinking about because we're not even there yet and we've already left over 400,000 pounds of rubbish on the moon in the form of lunar landers and various things like that. We've left so much crap on the moon already and we haven't even built a moon base. (laughs) And can you imagine what it's going to be like if we end up building a moon base or building a colony on the moon? Might be a bit... uh... Cleaner because we'll put some bins out. <laughs> no, maybe that's how would you get rid of them? Maybe that's the next lunar mission. <laughs> Instead of sticking a flag down, you just uh, take your wheelie bins. Yeah, taking mm. wheelie bins to the moon. It could happen. You don't know. We don't know what the truth is. We just know that this is something that could happen. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, the problem is that whenever there's a lunar mission. They have, like, the lunar lander lander and everything like that. But they can't take everything back with them. It's not like here on Earth, where we can salvage things. And so things get left on the moon. And then later on, you know, we come back to the moon and we go, oh, we left this behind. Look, it's an artifact. No, it's trash. The way you were saying that, you you're talking. I thought you were talking about somebody. Oh, I've accidentally left my phone. Imagine getting back home and figuring out, oh, I've left my phone on the moon. Oh, God, that would be horrible, wouldn't it? Take it, you'd get signal. You went for a uh... night out on the moon and left your phone. (laughs) We're moving swiftly on because we've got got things that we do need to talk about. Moving swiftly on from lunar trash to holograms. Holograms? Yes, holograms. As in the H in the middle of the head hologram? Well, no, as in kind of, you know, holodeck (laughs) type holograms. Or the H in the middle of the forehead type holograms, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Now, here's the thing. We've all 
wanted a holodeck, haven't we? Yes. There is no, uh, there is no guy in the world who has not at one point thought, "I want a holodeck." I don't care how much of a jock you are, you still want a holodeck. You know, if you're a guy, it's a thing that you want. You want it to exist. And researchers at Brigham University in Utah have basically created something that they're calling an optical trap display. Right mm. now, an optical trap display is a device that traps a tiny opaque particle in midair and uses it as an invisible laser beam, then moves the beam around a preset path in free space, and at the same time, it illuminates the particle with red, red, green, or blue lights. Hmm. When the particle moves fast enough, it creates a solid holographic image in the air, right? Oh. And when it moves even faster, you can create the illusion of movement, which basically means they've found a, a very inexpensive way of creating solid-looking 3D holograms. Now, if you put, like, haptic feedback or something like that, you know, the, those electrical fields that they have, mm. uh, where you can feel something, but you, there's nothing actually there. If they yeah. apply those to solid-looking holograms, cheap solid-looking holograms, you've basically got a holodeck. This is scary, though. It's like, I know we've talked about technology and that on the shows before. Yeah. But, hmm, how would, what, it's one of them things that, Obviously, it's going to be if ever release it to the public, if it's cheap enough. <laughs> no, you know you know who's going to get first dibs on this. You know who's going to get first dibs on this. <laughs> oh, it's a br- brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea, but you know exactly who's going to develop this to its obvious capability. It's the pawn industry. <laughs> they get, they, the thing is, I, I hate to say it, but the two things that push human technological advancement and human scientific achievement more than anything else are war and porn. <laughs> I, uh, I think those two categories, though, I don't think they should be, like, I don't think they should be in the same sentence. No, but this is the thing. They push human advancement so much, there should be a bloody Nobel Prize. <laughs> the Nobel Prize for war you know, we for no the Nobel Prize for technical technological advancement during wartime should be a thing, and the Nobel Prize for technological advancement for porn. <laughs> now I don't know how those are going to work, but it's true though. Think about it. Most of the technology that we used for the internet for almost a decade, right, was developed by the porn industry. The thing is, I know what you're saying it with a jokey fashion. But it's the truth. That's actually a serious thing. <laughs> this is the thing. I know it sounds like a joke, but it's the truth. Who's pushing VR technology more than anybody else? The porn industry and the pe- and the warmongers. They're the ones who are pushing it more <laughs> than anyone else. Don't forget the travel agents, Rob. They're using VR now. Nah, they're using but... they're using hand me down VR. That they've basically that's basically failed experiments from organisations like DARPA and the rest of them. The thing is, do you know when you look at these VR things, right? You know you've got the stages of expense that you can pay for them. You've got like the uh, top one, Microsoft make, I think it's like two grand, and then you've got the Vive for seven hundred. Yeah. And then you've got goes down to three hundred, and then all of a sudden you've got Google Cardboard for a pound. Are you going to get like a budget cardboard holodeck? Why not? <laughs> a cardboard holodeck. It's every kid's dream. Think about <laughs> it. I mean, seriously, Andy. Think about it. It's cardboard holodeck. What more could any child want? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
You can play with the box, I suppose. That's the whole idea. You will literally be playing with the box. It'll be like Abed and Troy from Community all over again. (laughs) (laughs) No, we could be Abed and Troy from Community. Oh, leaving holodecks to one side. We're going to move on to uh, water, right? Now, there's a very, very, very well-known, oh, sorry, very posh, let's call it, uh, brand of water called Number one, Rosemary Water. Would you like to know Ooh. how much it costs for a one-litre bottle of number one Rosemary Water? How much does it cost for a, num- for a one-litre bottle of uh, Rosemary Water? No, number one, Rosemary Water. Number one, Rosemary Water. Not Rosemary Water. Yeah. Rosemary Water. No, number one, yeah. Rosemary Water. As yeah. in, Rosemary as in how the much? herb. You're right. Yeah. Now, number one, Rosemary Water... From the number one Rosemary Water Limited company, or whatever it's called, still a one litre bottle will cost you twenty nine ninety nine on eBay, Ooh. and sparkling will cost you thirty nine ninety nine. Mm. Now, there's a reason I'm bringing up these prices because they have been, they have basically had their wrists slapped by the Advertising Standards Authority. Uh, because they ran some ads for number one rosemary water, some ads which, when you watch them, are downright downright hilarious. Mm-hmm. Right, the ads apparently suggest that if you drink number one rosemary water, you can defy the effect of aging. Well, it probably make it age faster. To be fair, if you're paying thirty nine ninety nine for a, a one liter bottle of water. Thing is. Um, the adverts are, are designed on the supposed extreme local longevity in a small town in Italy where the residents get through loads of rosemary and rosemary-infused foods and all apparently live to 100 and don't get degenerative brain diseases. Those claims are spurious at best, and one advert even went so far as to show an old lady drinking a bit of water and getting younger before your eyes. So hmm. the advertising standards agency went, nope, <laughs> this is not the I, fountain of youth. I guess, though, you have to. Like, if they show that, it's like uh, even Red Bull have to actually say on the can, it doesn't actually give you wings because people might think that it does. Exactly. So It's yeah. like even on a bag of nuts, it still has to say, this product may contain nuts. <laughs> no. <laughs> because oh, the law is this, stupid this, like that. This pack of this pack of nuts was made in a factory where nuts were present. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <sighs> Peanut butter, warning, may contain nuts. Oh, so, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know why people... I That has... Number one, rosemary water, it's £40 a bottle. It's not the most pretentious water I've seen. Mm. I'll be honest, even though it's really expensive, it's not the most pretentious, right? The most pretentious bottle of water I've seen... <laughs> was one that was designed that they said improved your golf game and it said oh this it's full of this and this and this that naturally hydrates your body and then you read the back of it it said ingredients water <laughs> thing is all these waters if this if they charge enough for them you yeah. can actually just buy the well find the ingredients well, I know I, you like, I, uh, yeah you saying I know you couldn't like put it through like what they say oh it's been through the mountains and everything like that but uh well, you could literally pour it into it, get yourself like just tap water. Yeah. Put some fruit in it or some minerals or get them from the shop. And you have your own 
healthy water and you probably spent about two quid maybe. Yeah. Three quid, something like that. See, when you said tap water, automatically I was thinking, have you been oh, watching God. All Fools and Horses? <laughs> you are, haven't you? Peckham Spring. That's what you're thinking of, isn't it? <laughs> oh. But the thing is, though, that could be tap water. That they're selling for thirty nine ninety nine. It could be. Somebody you could know. be doing a Del Boy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Although part of me is going, Rob Oakham, we're not doing this. Because <laughs> they sell water, and no doubt successfully, if they can afford to get uh, adverts on there. Yep. They're, um, they're probably selling a, we're miss- I mean, they're probably selling a, selling a, a good amount of it, because, hell, mm. when you've got money and nothing to spend it on, you'll buy anything. Mm. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, actually, that's a good segue. <laughs> I was going to say, that reminds me of those, um, have you seen them on Amazon you can get for about eight quid? Uh, it's called Nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just a empty case with like an empty plastic thing with nothing in it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's a great segue <laughs> because it leads us on to our next story, which has to mm. do with Elon Musk. You know, the guy who mm. behind Tesla and PayPal and various other things, right? Now, ah, yeah. Elon Musk has a company. It's a, uh, it's a drilling company, right? Mm-hmm. And the drilling company is called The Boring Company, right? And it's all about tunnel drilling, one of his companies, yeah? Now, for some reason, on Saturday night, he announced that pre-orders were out for The Boring Company's new bit of merchandise, a flamethrower, priced at $500, right? A flamethrower? Yeah, a flamethrower. But here's where it gets strange, right? Because this is mainly Elon Musk going... I've got money and I don't know what to spend it on, so I'm going to do this and then get myself one. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's had to justify this uh, this to the shareholders, obviously, which is why it's on sale as merchandise, right? Selling at $500, this is basically... Now, a normal flamethrower shoots out an ignited stream of flammable liquid, but this one is kind of an oversized lighter. and <laughs> It doesn't violate ATF standards, you could use it to make creme brulee, but nothing more. <laughs> it just reminds me, you're going to watch something like Master Chef, and they're going to, instead of using the blowtorch, yeah. you're just going to get like a massive flame for out and just, <laughs> that's and ex- just torch the top. <laughs> you say that, but that's exactly that's exactly true. The oh. flame is about the same length as like a blowtorch. You couldn't use this as a weapon, basically, unless you ran right up close to somebody, in which case they're probably going to hit you in the face before well, kicking you, you like- while you're on the floor. What if you need to light candles on your birthday cake? Then you go then, and get the flame for her. It'd be the coolest thing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, um, Musk has tweeted that the short range means that the product doesn't violate ATF standards, right? Uh, and he's also <laughs> suggested that it's actually less dangerous than a steak knife, which is which is weird. But you look at this, and apparently he loves holding his toy flamethrower because it is basically a toy. Mm. And you get the you get the feeling when you when you read about this that Elon Musk has basically said, "I fancy a flamethrower. I want this type of flamethrower." <laughs> and he's put it to the board, and the board have said, "No, no, we, you can't have this, Elon." He's like, "Ah, what if I what if I make a line out of it and sell it to people?" I go, okay, then you can have one. <laughs> so he's done that. And do you know the sad? Do you know the the crazy part about this? He mm-hmm. sold 7,000 of them and made $3.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, can you blame him? If you've got the money to throw away and you want something, 
I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> exactly. It's just the. It's just he wanted a flare. You know, he wants a flamethrower. So and it looks like a, it does look like a toy. I've just had a look. <laughs> it does and... it with the boring company on the side. Because the thing is, when it says the boring <laughs> company, most people I didn't know the boring company was a tunnel drilling company. I didn't know it was an actual company that drills tunnels. I just thought, oh, it's something to, something to do with you know being bored. Mm. Like uh, some like desktop things and stuff yes. like that, you know. Exactly. Mm. Those desktop trinkets. But yeah, it's a fully working flamethrower. Just not an actual proper flamethrower. Looks like it's got a scope on it or something like that. I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe so it's an extinguisher. Maybe it's a built-in fire extinguisher. <laughs> That's what it looks like, to be in, honest. In case you set fire to your pants. the... Uh... Like the, like the form or whatever they're putting it. For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're going to stick with the theme of fire for a second um, and head over to uh, head over to China. Now, here's a question for you, Andy. If you mm-hmm. want to test the durability of a battery, what do you do? The durability of a battery? Yeah. Probably put it in something. Yeah. Or you'd basically do controlled experiments, you know, a controlled beating or something like that. Yeah. You wouldn't... Or, took, or put your tongue on the end of the battery. Well, no, you're testing the durability, not whether it has juice. Ah. So you're testing how tough the battery is, yeah? Mm. yeah. How much punishment yeah. can the battery take? You'd do it in controlled experiments, wouldn't you? Probably, yeah, because they can explode. Yes, that's my point. <laughs> you wouldn't do it in the middle of a shop, and you wouldn't use your teeth, would you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, this is an embarrassing trip to A&E. <laughs> uh, probably. Some guy. I thought the battery. I thought the battery was a box of chocolates. Yeah. Some guy in a, in a shop in China decided he was going to test the replacement battery for an iPhone by biting on it, only to realise that he caused a leak and the battery then exploded in front of him and his mates. Was anybody seriously hurt? Uh, thankfully, I don't think anyone was seriously hurt. I think uh, it was mainly shock, and uh, it went off like a flashbang. Let's put it that way. Oh, well, we can have a joke about it in a sense, then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's that, you know that age-old thing, how you test whether gold is authentic by biting it? <laughs> My gold's and, not going to wear. <laughs> and the thing is, I don't know why, but people seem to think that that applies to everything, you know? Mm. Oh, look, this, you know, this is a real piece of metal. I'm going to bite it and test to see whether it is. Oh, God. It's true, though, I, isn't it? I don't get some some people in the world, you know. You think, you know, when you think, you probably have some of them days where you're like, oh, what, I've done something silly or something like that. And then you see something like this and you're like, I'm the smartest person in the world. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I feel. I saw that story and I, I, just, I just felt happy. You go, oh, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. No. <laughs> uh, you just think, yeah, I know better than him. It's kind of common sense. You don't bite batteries. <laughs> You're going to see stickers on it now saying, please do not bite or do not eat. 
You know, like you do on that um, gel you get for the microwaves. Yeah. And stuff like that. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Do not eat this battery. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, moving from uh, China over to Germany, right? And 200 schools in Germany have a controversial a controversial uh, thing going on. Now, how do you deal with hyperactive kids or kids who have ADHD? Give them something to concentrate on, probably. It's probably the sensible answer. That would be the sensible answer. Or you could wear them down. Wear them down? Yes, wear them down. Now, this is the controversy. 200 schools in Germany have begun asking hyperactive children, typically those with ADHD, to wear heavy sand-filled vests that weigh between 1.2 and 6 kilos. <laughs> so you mean literally wear them down? Yes. <laughs> Just, I read it and I thought, what? The thing is, right, it's cruel, but to be fair, it'll work. Yeah, the, this is the thing. <laughs> I look at that and I'm going, yeah, it's, it is cruel and unusual, but it's kind of genius at the same time. And to be fair, they're going to get quite muscly. Yeah, I mean, they're getting all that exercise. Think about it. If I which, was wearing... Which is bad, because when they take it off, they're going to be bigger than you are, and they're going to, well... Oh, those kids are going to be buff. <laughs> by, the, <laughs> by the time they get to be adults, if they were... If they were it'll be like Dragon Ball, you know? <laughs> when Goku and Piccolo take off their 100 kilos and drop them, be like, 100 kilos off. Like, Piccolo, you can destroy a planet with a punch. Why are you just still going 100 kilos off? I'm not. I'm more powerful now. <laughs> Oh God! So yeah, it's they got they could literally do that. Can you imagine the playground fights? They're going to fight you. Imagine they take off the vest. They take off the vest. Now I'm more powerful. <laughs> what were you saying, Andy? So they'll probably just everybody be laid asleep. Probably, yeah. But yes, nah. sand-filled vests. Uh, You'd have a meeting in the sand. They'll be trying to bite it. Yeah, but and it, that's not relating to the battery. Uh, thing. thing is, I hate to say it, but it is that typical. And almost terrifying German efficiency at work, isn't it? It's basically the best solution for the least effort. <laughs> oh, it's a good solution. It's 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 a odd solution, but it is, like I said, the best solution for the least effort. I mean, you don't need to keep shouting at them. You don't need to keep telling them off. You just let them do what they do, and they'll wear themselves out themselves. <laughs> oh God, I don't know what to say now. <laughs> Oh, wait, because we're staying with children. Now, you know how some people are proud parents when they have a newborn, yeah? Yes, I'd think that's probably most people. Right. Well, Japan has a thing. <laughs> how do I explain this? Japan has a thing, right? Unko is the Japanese equivalent of the English word poo, right? And oh, they And some developers in Japan have created... A a gadget for the busy parent, right? Which is called Unko, U N K O, right? And basically, what it is, it's got uh, a couple of buttons on, and every time your baby takes a dump, you can press one of the buttons, and it'll notify a chat group that your baby has taken a dump. Hmm. <laughs> you see what Why? I, mean? <laughs> I don't know. Right, the thing is, uh, I think this was developed with positive things in mind because parents want to be aware of inconsistencies, irregularities in 
you know, in their child's health. And, mm. you know, the bowel movements are one of the prime things that uh, you pay attention to with babies. And I only know this because I've got nephews and nieces galore. But taken out of context, the app seems kind of ridiculous. Um, but can't you just... Isn't there chat apps anyway? Like, you know, we can't name any, but if you're really that proud... Share it on Facebook. the effort in. <laughs> Share it on Facebook. And, uh, <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Hashtag no filter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's one hell of a selfie. <laughs> That's very corny, and I'm not talking about the poo. <laughs> oh, Andy, that one, that one actually made me cringe. It was good, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you beat me. You've officially beaten me there. I'm not going to even... Leaving that to one side. Right, leaving the uncore button. Uh, that's developed by 144 Labs, by the way. Uh, but we're going to leave that. Just leaving that totally alone. No more jokes about corn or anything like that, Andy. All right? Now, do you remember on the box ages ago, I talked about a TV series on BBC called Detectorists? I think so. About the metal detector people, yeah? Mm, I think so, yeah. Right. Now, here's the thing. This this goes a bit inception (laughs) in the way this has happened, right? Uh, Mackenzie Crook uh, was one of the stars of Detectorists, him and Toby Jones, and I absolutely adore Detectorists. I thought it was hilarious. But Mackenzie Crook is kind of he he kind of likes be you know doing the whole metal detecting thing himself, and so one of the things that they did for the show was they buried a lot of fake coins, right? Mm. A lot of fake Roman coins uh, in a field, so they could dig it up for the show and have on the show you know a couple of detectorists finding a hoard and you know, suddenly becoming rich and famous and everything like that. Mm. The problem is when they finished filming and they kind of forgot about it. And Mackenzie Crook said, I meant to go back and dig it up and I, you know, I never got round to it. Now, unfortunately, a couple of real metal detectorists <laughs> <laughs> called Paul and Andy found what they thought initially was a stash of gold coins that could be worth up to (laughs) (laughs) £250,000. Only to find that the... Right, the hole that they found, and this is the headline for this story, right? Because this is where it goes a bit inception. Metal detectorists discover fake metal detectorists' hall of fake metal. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's a pretty good headline, isn't it? And this is why I said it goes a little bit inception. So basically... Where your head. <laughs> yeah. A fictional show about fake metal detectorists buried some fake metal <laughs> in the ground. And some real detectorists found the fake metal that the fake metal detectorists <laughs> had found for the fictional program, had buried for the fictional program. <laughs> oh, I'd have loved to have seen the face when I found out. Oh, Got all I, the hope. Oh, well, we can take it. Auction. <laughs> yeah. Mackenzie Crook has uh, come forward. He said, I intend to go back and find any strays, but was horrified to hear that Paul and Andy had got there first as a detectorist myself. I was gutted that I con- contributed to their disappointment. Yeah, and it's a good <laughs> block, but. I just hope they didn't buy anything before they went and checked if it was okay. I hope like, they didn't quit the right job. <laughs> I'll have got the job back. Just call um, 
whoever employed them and go, you know, the funniest thing happened. Oh, yeah. They, the thing is, if they got the job <laughs> back, they would be the butt of everyone's joke for the next 10 years. <laughs> There's a quid. <laughs> go and get yourself a sandwich. Can you imagine if they did awesome. quit the job, though, and they went back to the boss and said, can I have my job back? He goes, right, but your official designation at work from now on will be tool. <laughs> could have been worse. <laughs> it could have been so much worse. I could have uh, found the uh, coins and then found out that they had chocolate inside of them. Yes, there is that. There is that. Or they could have tried to invade the home of Anton Moltsev, an ex-member of Russia's special forces and a Kosovo war veteran. Okay. Yes. Best Segways. <laughs> Getting good at this. <laughs> uh, right. Now, here's the thing, right? Anton Moltsev is an old soldier, right? Mm. And he basically... Uh, his story first made the headlines in 2016, right? When mm. uh, bomb disposal experts were called to break down his apartment door after deck collectors failed and triggered a pepper spray trap in their attempt to get inside the apartment, right? Though the bomb disposal experts found several tripwire traps, reinforced doors, an AK-47, several semi-automatic firearms, numerous pistols, a grenade launcher, and eight kilos of explosives. Right. <laughs> so basically an armory and he put all this together to fight off the bailiffs <laughs> now um, he basically turned his his apartment into a fort to fight off debt collectors and he also built himself out of titanium plates an exoskeleton oh god it's gone very Iron Man yes he has been called Russia's Iron Man oh <laughs> I didn't know that. He, he was getting <laughs> harassed by deck collectors so much. Um, they, you know, when they broke his mailbox, he basically decided uh, he was he hid his wife in a rented apartment and began to arm himself <laughs> just in case. It's like a low budget Iron Man, isn't it? Instead <laughs> of um, was it Iraq Iron Man got injured? Instead uh, of getting injured no, it was in Afghanistan, or, wasn't it? Or, or instead of getting injured in a war zone, yeah, uh, he just. Uh, owes somebody some money, so he has to protect himself. Mm. <laughs> I mean... You I couldn't know. make it up, could you? <laughs> no, no. The next one is the <laughs> one that you can't make up. Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. I know everybody dreams of building their own Iron Man suit, but, you know, <laughs> Russian Special Forces, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. There's a lot of things you can you can say about the Russians, but... There's one thing that you can never accuse them of, and that is uh, you can never accuse them of underbuilding anything because Russians, when they build stuff, they overbuild it to the extreme. And remember the old... Uh, you remember the Americans had, like, the Apache hel- attack helicopter? Mm. Do you remember what the Russians had around that time? It was the Hind helicopter. That's it, yeah. And it was a beast, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I just remember Metal Gear Solid for Hind. yeah. And the thing <laughs> it's is, quite easy to remember that. Where the Americans had, like, the Apache, which was quick and nimble, everything there, like that, the Russians basically had this flying bear. <laughs> and that's what they do with pretty much everything. So they overbuild, and yes, this guy overbuilt this uh, <laughs> exoskeleton. But that's not the weirdest story of today, right? This is the weirdest story of today. And it has to do with camels. What? Camels? <laughs> I love the sharp left the turn. I love the fact that you that you had to do a freeze frame for a second there. Who's got the home, Rob? Right now, 
not just any camels, right? Here's the thing. Um, the, in Saudi Arabia, there is a camel festival called uh, the King Abdulaziz Camel Festival, right? And okay, more than 30,000 camels and 300,000 human visitors show up for, showed up for the second annual King Abdul, uh, Abdulaziz Camel Festival, which ran from January the 1st uh, this year and I think ends on February the 1st, right? Mm. Now, here's the thing. Twelve camels were kicked out of the contest. Kicked out of the camel beauty contest. Oh, God. This is going way downhill. <laughs> this is going very wrong very quick, isn't it? <laughs> yes, there is such a thing as a camel beauty contest. And I don't know how to... Right. And the, the reason why they, ki- they were kicked out is even better than the fact that there is a camel beauty contest. <laughs> why do you think they were kicked out? I'm trying to think, because I'd throw them out for hosting the Camel Beauty Contest. Yes, I know, but why do you think the camels were kicked out of the Camel Beauty Contest? They, they never broke any rules, did they? They did break some rules, or the owners <laughs> broke some rules for the camels. What do you think they did to the camels to give them an edge in the Beauty Contest? This is this is sounding like this is sounding like I'm any guessing... Miss World or Miss America or Miss whatever <laughs> event, is the. <laughs> the way you said that, saying, they didn't ask them a question. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing shaved them. No, no, oh. nothing so bland. <laughs> I just, I just uh, have an image of uh, one of the judges going, "She ought to have to shave the camel today." See, oh, God, no, we are not using shaving the camel <laughs> as the episode <laughs> title. <laughs> you dirty boy! <laughs> right, I'll give you a clue. It was something that applied that was applied to the lips, the nose, the upper lips and lower lips, and even the jaw. They put makeup on the camel. No. <laughs> I wish. No, I don't wish. No, I don't wish. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded wrong. <laughs> they put lipstick on the camel? No, I, I me- what I meant to say was, I wish it was just that. Oh, just that. Yeah, I wish put it. I, put on no, the I wish it was just as weird as just putting makeup on the camel because that I could handle, right? There were peanut butter on the camel. No, they used Botox. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they injected that- the camel's nose and lips and jaw even with Botox. How did they get it to stay still? Did they lay it down. I don't know. I don't know how they did this. They just did. Not only the question that people ask is, <laughs> no. how do you inject a camel with Botox? <laughs> it might be worth a Google. There might be a step-by-step guide. <laughs> I don't think Google would on, deal with that. Step-by-step guide on WikiHow. I think the website is for them sort of things. So yeah, um, that's how twelve camels got kicked out of a beauty pageant. The all turned up in uh, <laughs> with Botox, yeah. like they've done it themselves. The one that didn't, the one that applied the Botox, didn't get kicked out. <laughs> Just the camels. Oh, oh, camels with Botox. I mean, a camel beauty pageant could have been the end of that story, but cheating with Botox at a camel beauty pageant. Uh, I would have been I would have been happy with just the camel beauty pageant. That would have made this that story funny anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, we're going to end in Japan again, and this is one that you found, isn't it, Andy? Ah, yes. Yeah. Anyway, this is yeah. one that you found, isn't it, Andy? Mm. Yeah. Um, Nissan 
are teaming up with a traditional Japanese inn called Pro Pilot Park Ryokan, and waiting for guests on arrival are slippers that have been developed by Pro Pilot Park Ryokan and Nissan. Now, these slippers are, they have a special feature, right? Now, Japanese people don't wear shoes indoors. They take them off in the, uh, uh, you know, in the entrance and wear slippers and stuff in the house, right? It's to do with the tatami mats and everything like that. You know, the the grass mats and stuff that they have in the house. So they don't damage them uh, too much. And so Nissan have applied some technology that is also in their all-battery electric leaf car. And they've added high-tech sensors and cameras to the slippers as well as wheels so that when you finish using the slippers, they return to the entryway and park themselves. (laughs) Uh, You think? We can't get any weirder on this show, but... So, yes. We do. Now, um, there are officially parking slippers. <laughs> uh, Auto-parking slippers. Um, yeah. One thing with these, they've got wheels on. Yes, I know. What can go wrong? Oh, have you ever seen a kid wearing those Heelys? Have a, That's have... what I was thinking, but these aren't on the heel. <laughs> no, but have you ever seen a kid wearing those Heelys? Have an accident? No. I saw one kid have an accident, and it was tragic and hilarious at the same time. (laughs) Because the kid was basically being a normal, annoying little kid. And I don't mean that all kids are annoying, I'm just saying this particular one was. Decided it was going to try and do some kind of ice dance move in the middle of the the local supermarket. The (laughs) local large supermarket. And so... Decided it was going to do one of those, you know, the one leg wheel, uh, the one leg skate thing, right? Mm. Unfortunately, because the kid was on one leg, the female child was on one leg, she couldn't stop herself and went head first into the biscuits. (laughs) (laughs) And then started crying her eyes out. Bet she never did that again. Yes, it resulted in uh, lots of shouting at her by her mum and her dad. Who now have to buy the biscuits? I don't know whether they bought the biscuits. I just found the whole <laughs> thing kind of uh, kind of amusing. Look, this has these slippers. It has Norman Wisdom sketch all over it. Oh my because, god! Uh, what would you know when you're if you wear if you've ever wore slippers? Yeah, you know that when you're walking, sometimes one can just, as the word suggests, slip off. Yeah, but so what, what if happened, it slips off and then starts? going to the entrance, and then you're chasing after it with one slipper on, falling all over the place. Never mind Norman Wisdom. That's a Michael Crawford sketch from Some Mothers Do Have Them. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's that roller skate sketch from Some Mothers Do Have Them, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've just had a genius idea. What if you could wear these, right? What if you basically stayed at the hotel, you packed everything up, and your suitcase has wheels. So you sit on the suitcase, and then you put on the slippers, and then just put the slippers in a park <laughs> mode, and the slippers just wheel you on your suitcase all the way back to the entrance. You don't even need to walk. <laughs> Maybe the technology can work. This is true. Mm. I wonder what else it can be used for. I don't want to know. If you if you have any, if anybody listening has any uses for this technology, please get in touch. <laughs> Yeah, let Andy we, know. I don't. Know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what you guys want to get up to with these slippers, right? I, you won't I, win the slippers, sadly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get some review on these. 
<laughs> I don't think they'll send them to us. But if you, if you are listening, Nissan or ProPilot, Ryokan, you know, and you want us to review your auto parking slippers, you know, just get in touch with us. Send us an email, studio at thegeekshow.co.uk, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, all of our previous shows are available on Apple Podcasts and Audioboom. And we also have a Patreon. If anyone wants to support us on Patreon, you'll find the links on our website. Or alternatively, you can go to Patreon and just look for The Geek Show. That's it from us for this week. Look out for uh, our discussion program, which will be behind the Patreon wall. Um, But do look out for it. We'll be talking about some very interesting things. Uh, Until the next time on The Geek Show, uh, which is uh, in a fortnight, uh, I have been Rob. And I've been Andy. We'll see you all later. For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.